Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the unconscious patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Have you ever been in an intimate relationship and lost a sense of who you are? You start to identify as the we of the relationship more than a sense of you. That can mean that we're really oversensitive to our partner's bad moods, stresses, anxieties, or even detox for those of you who know what that is in the frequency work context. And it just pulls our own mood and our own frequency resonance down. And for some, that sense of we is so strong that they're terrified of losing or ending the relationship because they'll have to face the me that they've lost along the way. So today I'm joined by my husband and partner, Chris to talk about holding your space in intimate relationship from both the feminine and masculine perspective. We'll be discussing how to hold our space when we want to have a deeper sense of connection. We'll also talk about how we can be less affected by our partner's challenges and help to buoy them up and ourselves at the same time. And after the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing the distortion patterns targeted by the GFC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. Today, in Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, we're discussing holding your space in intimate relationships. So a lot of people have the question, how do I hold my space in intimate relationship? I mean, it's really hard, right? Here you are being close to someone. You're also like intimate with them. Why do I want to hold my space with them? And how do I do that and have intimacy and connection? So it just seems right. like counterintuitive or counter possible or whatever you want to call it. It's counter possible. <laughs> Anyway, you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. Okay. So what's your, well, I mean, I guess maybe we should start with like, how were, how do you feel like you were with holding your space in intimate relationship or how did you view it before we started doing frequency work together? I mean, before we started doing frequency work together, honestly, I didn't even really think about it. It yeah. wasn't even a thing that I had any awareness of. So um, I can only work with what I recall mm -hmm. from back in those days. Um, but I feel like I probably wasn't particularly good at holding my space. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, it just, again, I wasn't aware of it being a thing, really. But looking back, I, I think I was really, like, always, I was always, like, really gauging how you were feeling. And, and you know, you, you, obviously, you're, we've been together for 25-something years, so it's hard to remember what I was like even before that. I don't even know what I was like before <laughs> that, but I mean, I was just a kid. Um, but I think that I was, I was very much, like, always, like, constantly gauging myself in relationship to you. Mm -hmm. um, to sort of figure out how things were in the world or something like that, as opposed to just like feeling more solid in myself mm -hmm. and l being a more of like a observer of your state versus like a participant, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, my experience of you was that um, because you're a kind person and you loved me, you were always trying to like fix like my bad state. So if I was sure. having a problem or I was cranky or I was you know, having a meltdown of some kind or whatever it was that I was doing, or just even a bad mood, Yeah, you, you felt like part of your job was to sure. fix me, right? Yeah. To make me happier, to pull me out of that state, to whatever sure. it was. And so I think it was harder for you to hold your space because you would do a lot to try to make me feel better. And I, I did the same thing with you. So um, 
I was always brought up to watch my parents, right? That's how I think we normally sure. are raised. Sure, there are role models, right? There are role models, and my parents were always together. Right. All the time, they never did anything separate, and they really didn't have a, like, each of them didn't have like their own set of friends they did stuff with or go went off on their own adventures. They always did everything together. Right. And so it was interesting to watch my mom when my dad died because she really didn't have a sense of her and it was really hard for her because she didn't have like a right. sense of who she who, was. Who am I? Yeah. That was. And you know, at 70 plus years old, it was really difficult for her to like have a sense of, well, what do I want to explore now? What do I, right. what do I want to be? How do I want to be in life? And I saw her really struggle with that. Now, that's not just somebody whose partner who's passed that have, has a problem with that. I see that with people when they break up with somebody, right. you know, and the person is dead, but they've just moved on to someone else. So the relationship yeah. disintegrates for some reason. And then the person is left with, well, I don't have any sense of who I am because right. who I used to be was really about us. Right. So I feel like um, I sort of was like that too. I had this idea that we were supposed to always be together, do everything together, make each other happy. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're always filling in the spaces for each other, like pull us, pull you out of your bad state or whatever it was. Yeah. And so I learned from watching my parents that really it wasn't okay for me to hold my space because it was like when, if you were having a, like if you were detoxing or having some kind of anxiety or stress or whatever, like that I had to come into your space mm. to share that emotion with you because that was a way of showing compassion like and love, love and, and closeness. Yeah. But it's interesting because that can also veer into control as well. Yeah. Because that's something that used to happen where you were, I mean, it, it's not like this anymore, but at least at the beginning of our relationship, it's kind of like you, you talked about it for, uh, just a second ago. It's like, it, it's almost like you were so focused on the we that it was hard to let me go off and do something on my own. Yeah. So it's like if I wanted to go on a motorcycle adventure somewhere, um, that might it, it might have been okay, but it also might not have been okay because yeah. so it's like well, it's like what about you type of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was that element of things as well, which which can, like I said, veer into control because you're so focused on the we that you forget that we're, we're also individual eyes that are having I experiences, but also we experience together, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. And what was amazing is that I think in just from having doing frequency work, what happened was it started to happen without us actually thinking it. about yeah, it. Yeah, it just started to happen. It just started to happen. So meaning the it being which the, just to it make being it clear. becoming aware of our own space. Right. And not having a need to bleed into the other. And I, I I'm speaking yeah. for you, but at least for me, that's what it was. Like no, I didn't feel sure like true. I had to come into your space to like help you or feel close to you or feel connected to you or anything like this. Yeah. Sort of, so whether you were happy or unhappy, there was less of a need for me to get in your business, so to speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, to like feel close to you. I could just be with you as you were having your experience. Right. So what do you think, just to make it clear for folks, like what do you, when you, when you say coming into my space, mm -hmm. what does that really mean? Like what does that look like to you? So to me that means um, like the way I would experience, the way I would describe it is like with my feeling sense, mm -hmm. come close, like almost like wrap you in a hug. Right. Okay. I'm not actually touching you. Right. But it's kind of it's like, like I'm energetically in like, <laughs> yeah, energetically feeling you up, energetically giving you a hug, you know, but in a way that you don't necessarily necessarily want to be. Not right. everybody wants to be hugged all the time. Right. It's like right. the extra snug blanket. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe more like a nice blanket, but not like a super snug one. <laughs> exactly. And part of that was my own insecurities about being right. loved and being worthy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And as I released my distortion patterns, I no longer needed to have that from you. Exactly. Yeah. So therefore, I didn't need to be in your space. Right. And I think it's really important. Um, I just something that I learned as a result of doing this work is that 
when I could hold my space, you were a lot happier. Because sure. I wasn't in, you know, you didn't have that extra tight blanket around you right, all the right, time, right. right? That you were just like, it's getting hot, get off me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. but it didn't, but it didn't feel bad to me that you were like, get off, you know? And I wasn't well, because you weren't, you weren't requiring that sense of like enmeshment or whatever it is in order to feel like secure in our relationship yeah. and in your identity as your as an individual as well. Yeah. Right? So I didn't need to do that in order to feel. Right, like loved, basically. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to have that like super closeness in order yeah. to feel like, okay, well now he loves me, it's going to be right. okay. And also, what happened in my holding my space and raising my frequency resonance is that I addressed a lot of the low self worth patterns that I had struggled with. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, which I'd watched from my parents about like, well, you you know, if you if you aren't pleasing your partner, if yeah. they're unhappy with you, if whatever, you're not like helping them in some way. Yeah. Not that you were weak and needed help, but I mean, you know what I mean, like yeah, kind of in their business though. Yeah. It's kind of like, then you're not being a good partner. Right. You know, you're not being a good wife. You're not being a good person. Like you're supposed to be doing that. Right. And that masked, that idea of what mm -hmm. I just talked about also masked my fear of losing you. Right. Okay. Cause I was sort of like, oh no, well, if I lose Chris, then who's going to love me? Right. right. I mean, that's a, I know it's a, it's a fear that a lot of people are afraid to even express or don't right. necessarily, even know they, have it they don't even know that they have it, yeah. but it's a huge one. For you sure. Know? It's like, if you lose your partner, who the heck's going to love you? Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's for me, that's what was going on too. When I was like, when I was overly trying, overly concerned, like yeah. more than I ought to be about your, your, your state or your, you know, your current condition or whatever or it is. Feeling state, your yeah. feeling state. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So I'd always be like, is everything I'd be gauging? Is it okay? Is it okay? And in part, I think that's, I mean, this one is this, this guy thing that tends to happen, which is guys want to fix stuff. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's that, it's like, totally there's that sort of thing going on like okay i'm gonna like karen's like messed up right now i'm gonna fix her which is, like, <laughs> yeah. obviously I, I can't do that it's, it's not up to me but that's yeah. just like the energetic behind it yeah. and and then there's also like the if i don't if i don't make you happy then you might not stay with me or something so there's exactly. definitely that element of things too mm -hmm. when there's that when people are running that insecurity where they feel like they need that they need to feel that sense of love in order to feel good about themselves yeah. which is different than wanting to feel the love just because it's really nice. Exactly. Right? Whereas yeah. like I feel like we're in a position more now where both of us individually are really more solid in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I mean I know that if something happened with you and you were no longer with me, I would be okay. Yeah, and totally. it's not that I wouldn't I'd be I'd be super sad. I mean it'd be horrible, but <laughs> I would be I would be okay and yeah. I don't need you to be there in order for me to be complete, yes, right? Correct. And and that's that's a very different place to be in. And that doesn't mean that we can't be close and be super loving and all that. It's, in fact, it's way better now that we're not trying to each like micromanage the other and yeah. be all in our business. Um, so I, I wanna make that clear to folks who are listening is it's like, it's not like now we're distant because we have this, mm -hmm. this more uh, inner stability for each of us separately. Mm -hmm. I in fact think that we're a much stronger couple now mm -hmm. and there's, there's a different kind of closeness, which is like a more like, Mature isn't quite the right word, but like, Wise, maybe. yeah, like a wiser closeness versus yeah. a like a clingy, needy, insecure, closeness. insecure, enmeshed closeness. Yeah, which uh, is which what is I like, see. Which is what most people see around them all the yeah. time. It's like what I see in movies and stuff like that. Yeah, and I actually see that a lot when I work with people, and a lot oh. of times, even on a spirit level, people are enmeshed. You know, so you mean like actually frequency actually, wise, they're frequency they're wise like, their spirit bodies are overlapping in a way that's not good because the reason that's bad is because then it's very weak yeah. because each person is like not strong on their own. They're just yeah. like collapsed into each other and in a false 
um, sort of bid for strength. Right. Does that make sense? Sure. It's like feels like it's really strong, but it's not. It's actually masking the weakness in each person. Right. So when you s separate the people in spirit level, what happens? And I see this also with parents and children. Yeah. When you separate people on spirit level, the opportunity is not, it's not to punish the people, but actually for them to get stronger. Because sure. obviously if you have kids, you want them to be strong, happy individuals when right. they grow up, right? right. It's the same with your intimate partner. It's like, do you, it, it's kind of like, I wish for you the same freedom that I have, right. right? That same wholeness, that same completeness, that same happiness that I have in myself that I get to share with you. Right. Not because I need to or you need to, right? But because we can. It's so great to be yeah. able to do it, and it's so much fun, yeah. and it's very, it's fulfilling, and it's amazing, and it's close, and it's intimate. And I would say that it takes out the fear, right? Which is like a really big deal. So when you hold your space, although it's counterintuitive, yeah, the fear aspect drops because it's like then I don't fear losing you, right? In the same way. Well, I think there. I mean, I think the reason you can hold your space is because you're less afraid. Yes. The more afraid you are, the harder it is to hold your space. I believe, right? Yeah. So they're kind of like. Intertwined. Inter intertwined, interrelated in that yeah. sense. Yeah, and I, it's funny because, you know, it's interesting, a lot of people who wish to have intimate partners will do this thing where they don't realize they're doing it, but they'll go right into the person's mm -hmm. face. So you mean people who wish to have partners but who currently don't? Who currently that, don't, yeah. yeah, and have challenge with, you know, um, with finding partners. Yeah. A dynamic that I see often is right. that they'll go, um, you know, after a couple dates where they're like, oh, I'm really attracted to this person. Right. Even though they're physically not doing anything, yeah. energetically they did what I did, which was like the extra snuggly tight blanket. Right. And the person, even though they don't, it can articulate yeah. why it is they don't they like don't it. They don't really know what's going on at a frequency just, level or like a, exactly. that, from that perspective. They just know like, oh, I just feel like I'm being clamped down on Yeah, somehow. or I'm being smothered or yeah. I don't like it and then they run away. And right. the person who's doing it doesn't even realize that they're doing it. Right. Makes sense? Because they're doing it to try and feel loved right. or to feel secure or right. to feel complete or that type of thing. Yeah. So the nice thing about frequency work is as you release your distortion patterns, you no longer have a need to do that. Right. And so even you, if you don't know you're doing it, yeah. you still won't you, like you'll do that less and less and less as you as your frequency resonance rises and as you get more internally stable and all that, you will in fact do that less even if you're even if that behavior is unconscious. Yeah, so it's totally. not like a decision, oh I'm going to do it less. It's just it doesn't happen as much. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. What's really cool about having a relationship with somebody who has done more frequency work is the self is the awareness that you have because you don't let me like snuggle up with you to yeah, yeah. your heart. <laughs> well, it's true because now that we, now that you know something like when someone knows something is a thing, they can be on the lookout for it, right? So yeah. now that I know that it's a thing that you might like be sort of or that I might be sort of moving beyond my own sort of sphere into yours or into someone else's and vice versa. And I know kind of know what that feels like now too. So I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Even though I don't I don't perceive in the same way you do like with the on like frequency level kind of stuff, although I do I do have knowingnesses, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes so I'll just kind of know what's going on, even though I don't really know how I know, and I don't really perceive it in any particular way. Okay. I think some people do perceive it, like you actually might physically or whatever, not physically, but like frequency, <laughs> frequentially. <laughs> <laughs> you might feel it on frequency level somehow, but I wouldn't do that. But it, it still doesn't mean I'm, I'm not aware that it's happening is what I'm trying to say. For other people too who think like, oh yeah, Karen's got special skills, but I don't really have any like special skills to that are discussable or anything like yeah. that, other than like I know things sometimes, um, yet I can still feel it. So yeah. like if you start to know what it's like when people are getting into your space, you can start to become aware that that's happening. Mm -hmm. And not beyond just the partner, like even like in a store, even with people, your coworkers and that kind of stuff, you can just sort of start to be aware like, oh wow, this person's really pushing into me. I'm gonna be more solid.
Yeah. And, and just for, for since we kind of went on a tangent, when I first started being aware of that as a thing, I would I would actually have to get really, not exactly aggressive, but really like um, think about it in a really hard way. Like, bam, I'm going to set my boundaries because I don't want people coming in. And it's kind of like, as I got more and more practice at it, I don't even have to be so hard about it now. I can just be like, oh, no, I'm going to push my boundary out there and just, and that's it. I don't have to get all aggressive about it. But yeah. when I first did it, I would, I would actually have to almost like intend it being like, I'm going to put up my boundaries. Yeah. So people might need to know that that's, that's a way that they can do that. If they haven't had a lot of practice and they do have a lot of issues with letting people sort of uh, not bleed into them, but like what push into, push into their space. Yeah. yeah. And what I would say also is that um, as your frequency resonance rises, yeah. it's easier to like to actually hold your space without having to be like hard about it, as right. you say. Right? It's not it's just, just like natural. It's just natural. And I yeah. think at the beginning, because you were so unpracticed at it, you had to <laughs> yeah. actually do it more totally. hard, in or hard, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but um, as your frequency resonance rises and you gain more confidence in yourself and yeah. just your resonance, and people can't come into your space, right. I think you don't have to assert yourself quite That's in right. the same way. Yeah. And what I think is interesting is that by holding your space, you also don't take things as personally. So for example, when you reflect back to me, like, hey, you're pushing into my space, which mm. you will do. Right. I immediately check myself. So I'm not like, Chris is such a jerk. <laughs> yeah. He's telling me I'm he's in all... his space. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I he's so I'm not. Me. Yeah, and I'm so evolved and he's not, you know, like all that whatever you could think, I imagine. Right. Really it's more like, okay, oh, scan. Am I doing that? Am I doing that? Yeah. Oh, I, I am. am. I am actually. so sorry. Yeah. And pull back. You know, yeah. so it's a really um it's really lovely when you hold your space even more as your frequency resonance rises because you those kinds of responses are helpful. Like I don't think of it as a negative thing when you tell me that. I think of that as a like, hey, scan yourself, check. Like what yeah. is going on? Take responsibility for what might be happening and what sure. this person how what this person is saying is happening right. so that you can respond appropriately and take accountability yeah. for that. So I think um, it makes it easier to shift myself mm -hmm. out of weird clingy insecure states that right. I might wander into occasionally and to um, think okay well why is this happening where's the distortion where do I need to strengthen sure. how do I need to shift here you know so that can be a really helpful tool absolutely yeah yeah so I would say like even though it sounds counterintuitive holding your space in intimate partnership mm -hmm. is um, quite freeing for it sure. actually allows for more intimacy more connection more depth and more freedom for each other. Yeah. And less taking the other, like taking what the other person does personally. Right. Um, I would say. For sure. And you kind of become like partners in like, a, kind of like, like keeping, the, not the other person in check, but like, like being. Like accountability a, Yeah, accountability. Kind of like? Yeah, or, yeah. Or like awareness okay, buddies. Awareness. Let's call yeah, them aware, right. <laughs> awareness buddies. <laughs> You want to call so it's it. one aspect of one's yeah. like one of the myriad different sort of facets of one's relationship. It's not yeah. just like, yay, we're going to be accountability like buddies now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what I would say also is that one of the things that people struggle with is like if um, is someone's like tail spinning, for example, mm. in detox for a little bit, and it's not like a couple hours. Yeah, it's yeah. now a couple of days. Right. And they're like kind of going through it, but they need to go through it in order to get to wherever they need to get sure. to in order to have the discovery that they need to have in order to right. rise in their frequency resonance. That can be challenging. So how would you suggest that mm -hmm. people hold their space if that's happening? Yeah, so I, I have sort of two different responses to that. So mm -hmm. uh, on the one hand, I feel like it's, it's important to let people just do their thing. Mm -hmm. Like I used to, oh, you're talking about when I was, when I, 
when we were younger and I always felt like I was responsible almost for your state and I wanted to just fix everything. And it's like, if you weren't feeling quite right, it was like somehow I wasn't, maybe I wasn't doing something well enough or it was my responsibility to solve it. Um, well, that's, that's overstepping my responsibility because it's not my responsibility to, I mean, you, you can be you and you're, you're, you know, you're the authority in the, your world. So why would I be trying to run that? Um, so on the one hand, it's just being willing to let someone have their experience, even if it's a crappy experience. I've now realized that I'm not gonna go around trying to fix everyone's world all the time. It's just, that's not my responsibility. That's meddling unless they ask for help. So number one, if you were to ask me for help, you're like, oh, I feel really crappy. Like, what do I do? Number one, the, for sure, then I'm gonna step in and try to do what I can to help. Mm -hmm. um, also, I have always found like when offering help, Instead of insisting that I have to help, <laughs> which is what I used to do, like I'm going to help you whether you want it or not, it's like I realized that I can offer. And okay, like I'm going to just say, hey, you know, like try to reflect back. Do you you realize you're feeling really kind of low right now? Is there anything I can do to help out? And mm -hmm. just give you the opportunity to say, yeah, I need some help, or this is what you can do. Because yeah. that's a really great way that everyone's involved in this in in the solution, and no one feels like anyone's foisting anything on anyone. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. not being like, just leave me alone. I'm feeling this crappy state. I just want to be crappy. Um, so I feel like being willing to watch you be in a bad state, if that's where you are, be willing to help out if, um, if you ask for it. Also, perhaps even suggest, hey, I think you're feeling kind of lousy. You know, is, it okay? like, is there anything I can do or just to, to offer that as well? And then if you're just like, no, then just be willing to just let the person be. be. And you know what's funny? It's, when you say that, it sounds kind of horrible, you yeah. know? But honestly, sometimes, you know, when you're in a bad state, yeah. right, bad, bad emotional state where you're feeling kind of crappy or whatever, and you're like, I just want to be in my bad state. Yeah. You can't help me. There's right. nothing you would have fixed me. I'm just going to be here. You know how we yeah. get sometimes it's yeah. really bizarre. But and the, at the same time, you're like, please help me. <laughs> yeah, that's help right. me. Right? So in any case, I've noticed that when you offer help, I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want it. And you hold your space yeah. and you're neutral. And you're like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Hmm. He just offered and you said no. Yeah. Okay. So now you've got to deal with this. Right. And it's kind of an interesting level of accountability for me. I'm mm. like, you just refused someone's help who was offering truly out of wanting to help and in his neutral space. Yeah. And he just, in his neutrality, just stepped out because right. you told him you, you didn't want it. Back off. Yeah. So it's almost like it's a little bit of a slip. It feel, it's not like you're slapping me, but yeah. it's, a little, it's myself slapping me. You know I what I mean? Like it's like, to hey, myself. The, like, yeah. Okay, now you've put yourself here. Right. All right now. So is that really, what is you that really be? wanna be? Like yeah. you wanna be in this little tailspin of like yeah, whatever yeah. you're doing here. So it's like a fast, it's like a really interesting fast check because you're not trying to make me feel better. I'm like, oh yeah, you're trying to make me feel better. Everything yeah. sucked you in into making me try to, you know, right. trying to make me feel better. There's no game. Yeah. You're just like, all right, yeah, you do whatever you need to do over there. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think also, um, Another thing that I can do, I mean, it's, it's, it's the way we're talking about this, it sounds like you're always in a crappy state. No. So obviously it goes in all directions and it's like, this is something that affects all kinds of people. But another thing that um, I can do, if, if for example, you're in a, in a bad state and you don't really want help and you are kind of being cranky, which I think actually happens probably more often in the other direction. More often I would be in that crappy state. And I'm like, eh, I don't want help. I just feel crappy. Um, that is something that happens sometimes. Yeah. However, like if the roles reverse and you're in that place, um, it is really good to, for me, to not have, not take things personally. Like your rejection of my assistance isn't a rejection. It's just, 
you're in this place where you don't want it. And that doesn't mean anything about me. So if I, you know, if I, if I, if I let myself get upset because you don't want my help, and that means you don't care about me, and you know, like that kind of stuff could happen, yeah. but that doesn't happen with us. And I'm mm -hmm. really glad because yeah. that can just ends up with both people in a downward spiral. Yes, it's and terrible. And then, well, then where are we then? You know, yeah. if, if both of us are like in response to each other, getting like down. And that has happened a couple of times. I've noticed, even as our frequency resonance has risen, mm. it's like something. Um, it hasn't happened very often, maybe twice mm -hmm. or something, where. Um, there's something happening where we're both accelerating to another level and we're both sort of like a little bit more unstable as a result. Make sense? Mm. So you're in a space where yeah. you're accelerating and therefore more unstable as a result because you're changing you really fast. you acclimatized to the new... Yeah, yeah, so you're not exactly like super right near zero or anything like yeah. this. And I've noticed like if it's like the perfect storm and it hasn't happened in a while, but I've seen it happen I think twice maybe, mm. where um, if you're spiraling and I'm not in my center, like I'm not in my zero and in mm. my neutrality. When I try to go in to assist, sure, you can get sucked into. I get sucked in, and then, like you just said, it's like a tailspin, right? Now, like both of us are like freaking, <laughs> just freaking disaster. We're like, yeah. <laughs> like it's worse and worse, right. and it's really kind of terrible until someone somehow is like, right. what? Hey. Let's, is happening. That's right. We need to like center ourselves. Yeah. Or something that's usually what happens. Right. One of us will. Well, yeah. One one of us would go first and just yeah. like not worry about even about the other person yet. Just be like, okay, I gotta get stable myself. <sighs> okay, I got my stability back. And now, yeah. like, how do we how do, how we, do we work on this together or whatever? What do we do as a, as as a as the we now yeah. that now that we got the I sorted? Yeah, exactly. So I feel like um, just for people to know, holding your space in intimate partnership can really be a helpful tool. For sure. It can really. Um, allow each of you to um, accelerate in the way that you need to. Yeah. It can be challenging, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it can be challenging to try to, to, try to yeah. hold your space when your partner is in sure. detox or whatever. And in that, not only is it learning for you to hold your space, but it's a learning for them. Yeah. So it can be really amazing. And I would say that, you know, it's quite the opposite of what we've been taught in terms of what it means to have connection, intimacy, and truly like this celebration of getting to give love to each other yeah. in a way that both people are strong and make each other stronger. Right. For those of you who are new, we're about to start the Group Frequency Calibration, or GFC. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down, or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find that they go into varying degrees of altered state. Please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay. Here we go. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for holding your space in intimate relationship. So this is an introductory uh, GFC 
And for those of you who want to go deeper with this or have challenge with this, um, I would recommend the deep dive that's upcoming for holding your space in intimate relationship. Okay. So first, becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, noticing the back side of your body. So from your heels all the way up your calves, the backs of the knees, backs of the thighs, butt of the back, including the shoulder blades, backs of the hands, the backs of the arms, shoulders, up the neck, and back of the head. So noticing the curve in this part of the body, noticing the weight that this side of the body is bearing, just noticing the backside of the body. Good. Yeah. And now, becoming aware of your breath. Just noticing it at first. Notice if you're feeling like you have to change your breath or make it different, or if you can just notice it as it is right now. And after a couple of breaths of noticing your breath, allowing your breath to deepen, to become more full. and to really slow down. Mm -hmm. And as your breath deepens and elongates, starting to imagine your breath expanding and contracting like a balloon in all directions around you. Starting to cultivate spherical awareness. Good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. Noticing the texture of the air against your skin. Noticing if it's cool or warm or even hot. If there's a lot of humidity in it, 
or if it's like crackly dry. Noticing whether it's got movement or if it's perfectly still. Good. And now blinking your eyes open, noticing the quality of the light. You're not looking at anything particular. You're just noticing the quality of the light. And after a few seconds of noticing the quality of the light, which changes all the time, depending on the time of the day, the weather, the time of the year, Now, please, with your eyes open, triangulate. So, for those of you who are new, triangulation simply means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those three objects are is not important. Noticing the distance between each object and you and then feeling the distance. So for example, if object A is the coffee table, noticing that the coffee table is about three and a half feet to you. It's always the distance between the object to you. So noticing that distance and then feeling the distance. And then doing the same thing with objects B and C. And you'll notice that your sense of where you are in space starts to become more present, more focused, and clearer for you. Knowing where you are in space is very important if you want to be in the zero point. If you're not sure where the zero point is, I do recommend episode 151. But that's for another time. Whenever you have finished triangulating, blinking your eyes closed, and bringing your attention to the upper part of your solar plexus. So your solar plexus is between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. So between your belly button and the base of your sternum. So in the upper half of your solar plexus, bringing your attention to this space, placing a hand or a finger on the spot, breathing normally. And now let's take one deep breath together, inhaling, holding your breath in for a count of five, 
And after you've held your breath for that five count, releasing the air at the speed and intensity you prefer, holding your breath out for a count of five. And as you finish this one single deep breath, we're waiting for the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent. Whenever you do finish that one long breath, just breathing normally. Keep your attention on this upper half of the solar plexus. So whilst we wait for the mastermind to become coherent, for those of you who are new, please know that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. That depending on how high the frequencies are and how fast the mastermind is moving, I'll sometimes work in silence. Because when I'm working with really, really high frequencies, it does not benefit you for me to make physical noise. It only drops the frequency resonance. I also do make sound. So you may hear me yawn, hum, or exhale sharply. That's how I sometimes, but not always, release heavier, stickier distortion patterns. And if I say something that really resonates with you, it's likely a distortion pattern that you are running. If I say something that you really resist, it's also likely a distortion pattern that you are running. Bring your attention to your heart space, please. right in the center of your chest and your nipple line. So now that the mastermind has become coherent, with your attention on this spot in the center of your chest and your nipple line, asking ourselves the question, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, imagining, sensing, feeling, or becoming aware of the space at the very center of your body, And as you become aware of this surprisingly vast space, becoming aware of a brilliance at its very, very core, that starts to get even brighter because you have your attention on it. And as it strengthens and brightens, 
it starts to expand out in all directions through your cells, out through your organs. Expanding further still out through your bones. Out through your muscles. Your flesh. And out through the pores of your skin. Into the space between your physical body. and your outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Noticing the brilliance within the sphere. Good. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at frequency level or spirit level to raise your frequency resonance irrespective of where it began. As many of you know, how high your frequency resonance is, or said differently, your vibrational rate is, determines everything from what your life looks like, how it feels to you, how quickly you can adapt to change, how much abundance you experience, how much acceleration you have on spirit level. So this is one of the very most important things that we do together. Good. Bring your attention now, please, to the space between your forehead and your pineal gland. So we're releasing this thought form belief that to be in intimate relationship or intimate partnership means to commingle, to be merged all the time, and that that is a desirable outcome. Okay, so this is a belief, thought form, that's very, very heavily entrenched in lineage, culture, and also religion. There's a lot of control here as well, okay? Control aspects. In the merging, it's like you lose yourself. Right? 
and when we lose the sacred space of self, becomes much easier to control us, much more difficult for us to know our own authority, our own power, our own sovereignty. So releasing this extremely entrenched belief slash thought pattern So if you can, imagine, sense, feel, or be aware of these distortion patterns, of which there are many, starting to crumble and disintegrate into very fine dust that falls away from you. So for a very large subgroup, there's attachment to these beliefs, these thought forms, because we believe that in the merging we are closer to the person, we are safer. We can be saved or made more happy, but that is not true. The trick is to be complete within yourself and then join in partnership with another to get to share love and whatever you co-create together. So releasing the attachment and the false belief, both of which are quite heavily ingrained. Imagining, sensing, feeling, becoming aware of a really beautiful, brilliant, deep blue that starts to expand through this space. Very good. Yeah, bringing your attention now, please, to the midpoint of your solar plexus. Pulling you further into the zero.
becoming aware now, please, of the xiphoid process right at the base of the sternum. So if you take your finger and trace from the hole of your throat all the way down your sternum to its very base, right beneath that where it becomes fleshy. That's your, and it's a little tender when you press on it, that's your xiphoid process. So from there, about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it in a straight line down towards your belly button. We're clearing out the pain body. Because your pain body has a memory of you before the distortion patterns were released. So it makes it harder to integrate. This only takes a couple of seconds. Good. This brings us to the end of this group frequency calibration. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support. If you'd like an opportunity to ask me questions in real time, then subscribe to the Spherical Luminosity YouTube channel and click the reminder bell to be notified when I'm about to go on live. For the latest news about upcoming events and to be notified when sessions with me are released, subscribe to our newsletter. Join us and let's rise together.